48K News. Good afternoon. It's one o'clock. I'm Todd Harding. The headlines. Chief Executive Carrie Lam announces a new subsidy to offset a controversial policy change in welfare payments for the elderly. The government will reportedly shut kindergartens that have had flu outbreaks for a week from Monday. And the Deputy Health Minister plays down fears over African swine fever after a dead pig washed up on a beach yesterday. The Chief Executive Carrie Lam has offered a policy fix for people who lose out from an elderly welfare payment as the government planned to raise the eligibility age for the monthly handout from 60 to 65. Mrs Lam announced that there will be a new subsidy, an employment support supplement, to make up the difference so that those who are between 60 and 64 will not be affected, even though they drop out from the elderly category. Mrs Lam announced the policy during a news conference and a day after LegCo objected to the government's plan to raise the eligibility age. The Labour Secretary, Law Chi Kuang, was asked why the government reversed its plan. He spoke for an interpreter. Sooner or later, the policy has to be changed. So I don't think there is a justification to shelve the change of the eligible age. However, the policy change isn't for the sake of saving money. So given such a consideration, we believe that for able-bodied elderly recipients, if they can get more help, I think it is totally acceptable. Sources say kindergartens and childcare centres which have had flu outbreaks will be shut for one week next week. The Centre for Health Protection is expected to give more details this afternoon about its response to a rapid rise in outbreaks in schools. Some kindergartens say they've received a government notice about the closure. Earlier, the Undersecretary for Health, Choi Tak Yi, said the flu situation was a concern and authorities were considering expanding its school outreach flu vaccination programme to kindergartens and childcare centres. The Center of Health Protection observed that there is a trend of rapid rise in the number of outbreaks in these situations. In fact, every year, the development of influenza in Hong Kong is a little bit different. So with the current evidence and also figures showing that the number of outbreaks in kindergarten and child center is increasing rapidly, the Center for Health Protection has studied the situation and also they will make some announcements and recommendations about the arrangement. Yesterday, health authorities said they were investigating flu outbreaks at a primary school in Eastern District and three kindergartens in Sha Tin, Kowloon City and Central, as well as a severe case in a six-year-old boy with previous good health. The boy had had a flu vaccination. The Deputy Health Minister also gave assurances that Hong Kong had measures in place to prevent the spread of African swine fever. A dead pig was found on a Cheung Chow beach yesterday, fueling fears the disease had spread from the mainland. The animal tested negative for the disease. Dr Choi insisted there was nothing to worry about. The test result is negative and there's no pig farm in the three kilometre diameter around that location. So I think the public can be reassured that the situation is under control now. So there's no need for worry. We have different measures in controlling or in preventing the spread of African swine fever into Hong Kong at different levels. For example, the very tight control of import of pigs through the current system and also the disinfection measures applied to lorries and also the local pig farms and slaughterhouses. A LegCo public hearing has been cancelled because not enough lawmakers were present. A special meeting of the Food Safety and Environmental Hygiene Panel was to hear views from 40 representatives on vacant hawker spot allocation arrangements. The panel has 30 members, meaning 10 lawmakers had to be present for the meeting to go ahead, but only 8 showed up. 
Panel Chair Kwok Kaki from the Civic Party apologised to the people who did turn up. He says he'll arrange another meeting as soon as possible. But Michael Jern from the supporting grassroots Bazaar Alliance says the adjournment has already left hawkers disappointed and made them feel like they weren't respected. It's not fair for them. Some hawker is from Tinsui Way and some hawker is from Northern District and they still spend their working time to come here because they want to speak to the councillor, speak to the government. I think some councillor, they say they give concern to the hawker and their income and they say they concern the gas wood. But I think their behaviour and their stand is opposite. Turning overseas, a senior North Korean negotiator has arrived in Washington as speculation mounts about a second summit between Kim Jong-un and President Trump. Kim Yong-chol, who's believed to be carrying a message to Mr Trump, could visit the White House tonight. He's also expected to hold talks with the US Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. Here's the BBC's Laura Bicker in Seoul. Well, Kim Yong-chol is Pyongyang's former spy master. In fact, it's thought that he ordered the torpedoing of a South Korean warship which killed 44 sailors. So he's quite a controversial figure, but he is a top aide of Kim Jong-un and he does seem to have taken the position of chief negotiator when it comes to these talks over denuclearization. Now, remember the last time he went to Washington with that extremely large letter from Kim Jong-un to Donald Trump. So we're wondering what message he'll be carrying this time. Latest reports suggest Mr Trump may meet Kim Jong-un in Vietnam, where he's expected to make a state visit in February. President Trump has cancelled a trip by a high-level US delegation to next week's World Economic Forum at the Swiss mountain resort of Davos. Mr Trump cited the ongoing government shutdown in America. Earlier, he'd postponed an overseas fact-finding mission by the Democratic Speaker of the House of Representatives, Nancy Pelosi, as the BBC's David Willis reports. When President Trump grounded a military plane that was to have taken the House Speaker and other congressional delegates to NATO headquarters in Brussels and thence on to Afghanistan, critics pointed to the fact that a five-strong delegation headed by the Treasury Secretary Stephen Mnuchin was still due to travel to the annual gathering of world leaders and financiers in the Swiss mountains next week. Aware, no doubt, of the public relations disaster such a trip might lead to, the White House has now cancelled that trip as well, out of consideration for the hundreds of thousands of government workers who are currently not being paid. President Trump has announced plans to expand America's missile defence programme, including the creation of a layer of sensors in space. He said his administration's goal was to shield every city in the United States from all types of missile attacks. Our review calls for 20 new ground-based interceptors at Fort Greeley, Alaska, and new radars and sensors to immediately detect foreign missiles launched against our great nation. We are committed to establishing a missile defense program that can shield every city in the United States, and we will never negotiate away our right to do this. Temperature records in Australia are expected to be broken today as an extreme heat wave continues to affect the east of the country. New South Wales has been the worst affected. Here's the BBC's Phil Mercer in Sydney. A severe heat wave is affecting much of eastern Australia, but New South Wales is feeling it most. Residents in White Cliffs, a thousand kilometres from Sydney, have endured heat of 48.2 degrees Celsius. 
Other parts of Australia's most populous state have also set new temperature records. Heatwaves are the nation's deadliest natural hazard, but there was relief for a distressed sheep. It was rescued by the police and allowed to recover in an air-conditioned patrol car. Denmark has held the first of a new type of citizenship ceremony that includes an obligatory handshake. It's part of a law passed in December by the minority government with the support of the anti-immigrant Danish People's Party. More details from the BBC's Danny Eberhardt. These were no normal handshakes. Simple congratulations sealing the deal on citizenship. Denmark's Immigration and Integration Minister Inge Stoiber herself took the hands of nine new Danes, cameras snapping. The handshakes, with no gloves allowed, are seen as a test of integration. Opponents say the measures designed with Muslim immigrants in mind. Many conservative Muslim women would not choose to shake hands with someone who is not a relative. The critics say it doesn't respect religious sensibilities and won't make people feel any more Danish. The Colombian president, Ivan Duque, has called a car bomb attack on the National Police Academy in Bogotá a terrorist attack. At least 10 people were killed. Most were police cadets. A further 50 people were injured in the blast. More from the BBC's Candace Piet. Officials said the car, which was carrying 80 kilos of explosives, broke its speed through the checkpoint into the grounds of the academy before exploding. The driver was killed. Officials are trying to establish whether it was a suicide mission or whether the bomb was triggered remotely. The car was registered in a frontier region where the ELN rebel group is active. The group has not claimed responsibility. In the last few years, the ELN has said it was behind several bomb attacks after peace talks with the government ground to a halt. Researchers say the last measurements taken by NASA's Cassini probe confirm that Saturn's rings are very young and probably formed during the age of the dinosaurs. The Cassini orbited Saturn for more than a decade before being deliberately plunged into the planet's atmosphere. Here's the BBC's Jonathan Amos. It's long been a lively debate. Did Saturn's spectacular icy rings form with the planet more than four billion years ago, or are they just the recent crushed-up remains of a moon or a passing comet? Part of this puzzle can now be answered, because NASA's Cassini satellite in the final days of its mission was able to accurately weigh the rings by flying in the gap between them and the planet's cloud tops. The rings are nothing like as massive as originally thought. And when you combine this information with what's known about their dust content, it's clear they can't be more than 100 million years old at most. The Duke of Edinburgh has been involved in a road traffic accident close to Sandringham, Queen Elizabeth's estate in eastern England. The statement from the royal family said Prince Philip, who's 97, wasn't injured in the crash. He's understood to have been driving a Land Rover when it was involved in a collision with another car and overturned. Witnesses said the Duke appeared very shocked and shaken when he was helped out. To finance news, a short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 27,002. That's 248 points up on the previous close. Market turnover was $51.7 billion. To currencies, the US dollar is trading at 109.41 yen. The euro is standing at 1 US dollar and 13 cents. And the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 17 cents. And now with the sports news, here's Adam Chung. We start with an update on the Australian Open tennis. Roger Federer breezed into the last 16. He made sure his 100th Australian Open match was over quickly. Federer conceded only three points on his first serve en route to beating the American Taylor Fritz in straight sets. 
local favorite Ashley Barty beat Maria Sakkari in straight sets and will face the winner of the match between Maria Sharapova and the defending champion Caroline Wozniacki. The final round of group games and football's Asian Cup in the UAE have been completed. Wins for Japan and Qatar confirmed their top places in their respective groups. Japan came from behind to beat Uzbekistan 2-1. Qatar were 2-0 winners over Saudi Arabia. The BBC's Manny Jasmi rounds up the action. Al-Moez Ali, remember the name, scored both of Qatar's goals and he could have had a hat-trick. He's ended the group stage with seven goals in three matches. Qatar also missed the penalty, but they finished top of Group E and will face Iraq in the next round. Saudi Arabia must take on four-times winners Japan in a clash between two of Asia's representatives at last year's World Cup. The Japanese beat Uzbekistan 2-1 to finish top of Group F. The Uzbeks now face defending champions Australia and Oman finished third in that group after a 3-1 win over Turkmenistan, they must play one of the hot favourites, Iran, on Sunday. In basketball, the Toronto Raptors avoided an embarrassment at home against the Western basement dwellers, Phoenix Suns. Pascal Siakam made the game-winning basket just before time expired, and the Raptors escaped with a 111-109 win. Devin Booker had a game-high 30 points in defeat. The Raptors have won their eighth straight at home, six of seven overall. Elsewhere, the New York Knicks played a regular season game against the Washington Wizards in London. It finished 101-100 to in favor of Washington. The game was overshadowed by the absence of Turkish star Anas Kenter. He did not make the trip with his New York teammates due to fears of personal safety. Kenter said he feared he could be attacked or killed over his opposition to the Turkish president if he were to travel to Europe. The NBA released a statement in support of Kenter's decision not to travel. On the ice, the Toronto Maple Leafs bounced back in a big way by beating the league-leading Tampa Bay Lightning 4-2 in Florida. Nazem Kadri and Patrick Marlowe each had a goal and an assist for the Leafs. The win came three days after they were booed off the ice at home in a defeat to Colorado. Tampa still hold a commanding 14-point lead over Toronto in the Atlantic Division. Elsewhere, the Anaheim Ducks snapped a franchise record 12-game losing streak with a 3-0 win over the Minnesota Wild. And that's your look at sports. Thanks, Adam. To end the news, the top stories once again. Chief Executive Carrie Lam announces a new subsidy to offset a controversial policy change in welfare payments for the elderly. The government will reportedly shut kindergartens that have had flu outbreaks for a week from Monday. And the Deputy Health Minister plays down fears over African swine fever after a dead pig washed up on a beach yesterday. The news from RTHK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a sweet rom.